Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. So we continue breaking down what the attempt is to break down society regarding CRT, critical race theory. We can talk about Afghanistan. We can talk about the border. We can talk about China threatening Taiwan. This is still happening, people. It is happening and it is dangerous and it affects our kids. In central Indiana, you should see the parents discussing what it is in the school libraries and they're getting excoriated for noting all of the quote-unquote literature in school libraries that you would need a parent to be with you if you were seeing that as a movie. Oh, school boards are infuriated that you would want to read that filth at a school board meeting. Why is it in school? These same parents are the parents taking a look at what's going on with the education of their children and asking whether or not this is education at all or really and truly bigotry and indoctrination. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, Parlor, Instagram, Twitter, at Tony Katz. William Jacobson joins us right now from LegalInsurrection.com, Cornell Law Professor. Now, the story I wanted to talk to you about was the story of the Arkansas Attorney General. We brought it up yesterday uh, saying that uh, critical race theory and those practices violate anti-discrimination laws, but before we get there, a piece that you wrote last week about medical education and research crumbling under racial identity politics. I have heard this anecdotally from people in the medical profession and others that there is a fear that you will see doctors and nurses treating people based on trying to be woke and not based on the patient in front of them. And yes, indeed, if a patient is black or a patient is white or a patient is Asian or a patient is Hispanic, they may have culturally certain uh, ways of treating things that are different than other people based on the massive knowledge we have of how to treat people based on certain characteristics. What was this study and and what, if you can uh, get into it there from Real Clear Investigations, what was the finding? Well, it was an investigation by uh, an investigator at Real Clear Investigations, which is affiliated with the Real Clear Politics website. And he interviewed me extensively for it, and I'm quoted in there. And essentially what he was doing is looking at education and also treatment in the medical industry and is finding that all of these you know, critical race theory doctrines, approaches are rapidly taking over not just medical schools, but also how care is delivered and that doctors are being forced to or at least encouraged to uh, take into account the, the race of uh, various patients, not for care specific to that patient. I mean, there, there might be reasons why, you know, a particular person from a particular background may have susceptibility to different medications as a group. I mean, that's, but that's patient specific. They're talking about broad-based approaches that prioritize care based on the race of the patient and based on the claims of you know, historical injustices in medical care, et cetera, and essentially prioritizing non-white patients over white patients in delivering care. 
And this is, of course, completely crazy. It's probably illegal, but it's the movement. And I don't know that it's actually been instituted anywhere yet, but there is a very strong push to institute those sort of protocols. So I understand you. We're not having a conversation, or, or Ibram Kendi, for example, uh, who uh, is the, the leader of the anti-racism concept, which is indeed uh, bigotry, as, as I see it. Uh, we're not talking about triage here, right? That's how you sort people into groups based on their medical need, who's most at risk, who's, who's less. You go down the line, you take a look at the injury, you take a look at the issue, and you make the call. The, the anti-racists are making the claim that in order to have um, what, what, a true decency or wokeness, how, I don't know how they describe it, you have to treat people of color first, regardless of what's happening? Well, I think it's both. I mean, based on what his findings were, and he spent a lot of time on it, and he's links to all his sources, that the push is for both, that both in terms of immediate prioritization of patients, but also more generalized care that uh, in order to combat structural inequities in the system, uh, you know, uh, if we only looked at the particular patient, that would be reinforcing uh, racist, you know, stereotypes, or not stereotypes, but, you know, embedded racism in the system. So if you have, um, you know, a black patient present himself and a white patient present himself in the ER, you have to take into account the fact that the black community suffers injustices, according to them, uh, systemic injustices in medical care, and you need to attend to that patient first. So, again, I'm not sure that's actually been instituted anywhere, but it is a very heavy push, both in medical school education and in what a lot of activists are writing in the medical community, including in, you know, different organizations. So, this is where they're going. They are literally, uh, just like in public schools, they want to institute, uh, you know, what by any real definition would be racist practices against, you know, white school children. They want to do the same in the medical industry because they say it's necessary to overcome systemic uh, injustices. And so, yes, it's a real, I mean, it just shows how, perverse this ideology has become and how abhorrent it has become it's even worse in practice than it is in theory talking to william jacobson cornell law professor the mind behind legalinsurrection.com and i make the argument uh, that critical race theory is not about race it's about ideology and it is about a a a a tearing down of uh, American fabric. Uh, the Arkansas Attorney General, uh, Leslie Rutledge, uh, discussing, was asked by a member of uh, the Arkansas delegation about critical race theory and do these things uh, create uh, a, a problem? Do they violate the Arkansas Constitution? Do they uh, violate Title VI of the Civil, uh, uh, I think it was the Civil Rights Act? Uh, and according to the AG, instituting practices based on critical race theory in education do indeed, that does indeed violate anti-discrimination laws. What was the question? What did she find? And what does this mean for Arkansas? and so on, possibly other states. Right. Well, what, what she found was, a, or what she focused on is what I've always believed needs to be focused on is how this is put into practice. Uh, not the abstract theory, things like that. But if you are going to advantage one 
group of students over another in your practices in education uh, based on their skin color or based on some desire to right historical wrongs that plays out as being a racial classification, that that is discrimination regardless which direction you're doing it. And it would be discrimination if you uh, did it in a way that disadvantaged black students. Uh, It's also discrimination if you do it in a way that disadvantages white students. When the laws say equal protection and they, when the Constitution says equal protection, it means equal protection. And when the anti-discrimination laws say you cannot discriminate based on race, it doesn't say particular races. It, you cannot discriminate based on race. And a lot of the practices of CRT that we've seen, you know, uh, leaks of training material, things like that. We've seen, you know, segregation of students and uh, teachers for training by race. We've seen white shaming in a lot of schools, uh, and those have leaked out, those sort of things. And it's also in the corporate world that these violate the anti-discrimination law. So I, I don't think there's anything really unusual about that finding. Now, how it plays out in a particular situation is a little different. And she also addressed the you know straw man argument, the fake argument that the other side makes which is, oh, you don't want us to teach history. I mean, she specifically found that nothing in there prohibit, nothing in the anti-discrimination laws prohibit the teaching of history. Uh, It's how it is practiced and the environment it creates when you implement it. And that's why when you just read that sentence, I think, you know, the key word there is practices, okay? Not just teaching critical race theory, but the practices that accompany it Uh, could be a violation of the law, just like any racist practices could be. Yeah, and the conversation is about practices, and and you are right that we we often hear you don't want to teach this because you don't want to teach about America's uh, terrible history. It is so obvious and clear that the people who support critical race theory don't want anything in their way, so they throw up the these nonsense statements to try and embolden those uh followers as opposed to deal with the reality of of what it is that that's happening here uh one of the things that is discussed uh in any effort to take account of race in a way that differently accords benefits or opportunities or creates a hostile environment in an educational institution is almost certainly unlawful under the Equal Protection Clause and Title VI. I look at uh, what what they discuss when they uh, get into, and you know this, uh, because not only do you run uh, LegalInsurrection.com, you run CriticalRace.org, which discusses critical race training and education in universities and higher education all across the country, CriticalRace.org, uh, that you're... you're you're getting this idea that if you engage in a pressed oppressor mentality, if you engage the idea that people have a guilt based on their existence, you create within children, white and black, that you can never. It, 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 is, it is this defeatist uh, mentality, and one can argue, as, as the group 1776 Unites argues, I believe, that it is a bigoted mentality, and that... Uh, CRT, critical race theory, is teaching bigotry in your investigations, in your research, and putting together criticalrace.org. Have you found that to be true, or or am I off base? Well, no, I think the whole concept of this oppressor-oppressed 
as applied to people who are going through the education system now uh, is an extremely bigoted approach, but it's also a dead end. It's a societal dead end. It is teaching children to view society through the color of their skin. It's teaching them to view their friends through the color of their skin. It is um, setting people against each other. It is telling it is shaming white children for things they had nothing to do with. Okay. And it is portraying to non-white children that they are born into uh, victimhood and that they can never escape it because it's the entire society is this way. Nothing you do as a child, no matter how hard you work, no matter what you do, you can never overcome the systemic oppression. That's one of the most negative messages you could send to a child, that they are born into victimhood, to a life of victimhood. And that is the message that's being sent. And it is a societal dead end. It is perpetual racial strife in order to turn to turn our society inside out. And it's also almost always imbued with an anti-capitalist approach that it is not just the American system, it is the capitalist system. So here's where you get into what the real agenda of people are. It is an extremely anti-capitalist agenda, which is using race as the force to attack capitalism, much as classic Marxists used class um, as a means of attacking capitalism. So that's really what the agenda is here. But as it plays out in a particular situation, I've always argued a lot of these situations are violations of existing law. We don't need new laws. We just need to apply existing law to these situations. As you see it in the, on the university level uh, quickly and you see it on the, uh, on the high school level, um, is the pushback, uh, what I've dubbed the hashtag the great pushback, is the pushback from parents and from others working? Are we seeing uh, the fight against uh, this bigotry, against critical race theory working, or are they still moving apace? Well, both. It is working at one level, is that the public is now much more aware. And that really was the first step that needed to happen, public awareness, because a lot of parents had no idea and to this day have no idea what is actually going on in the schools where their kids are spending most of the day. Um, And so the public awareness is there. Legislators are aware now. Uh, Everybody's talking about it. So to that extent, there has been enormous progress because a lot of this was going on and nobody knew about it, or at least parents didn't know about it. I think it's also beginning to bubble up uh, in terms of uh, school boards are now disavowing it. No, we're not teaching it. We're not doing it, et cetera, et cetera. And then you get into these word games about what critical race theory is and what, what names they're putting on it. But the fact is that a lo- it's working in the sense that a lot of school districts around the country are now going to be much more cautious about what they do because they know people are watching. Uh, where it's not working yet is that there continues to be a massive, and your listeners probably can't fathom how massive this is, how many hundreds of millions of dollars flow into this, pushing this stuff in schools. National Education Association, largest teachers union in the country, is fully now, they made a public statement, fully behind putting this into 14,000 school districts. Um, American Federation of Teachers has promised to use their legal powers their legal force 
to defend teachers who are reprimanded for violating school policies. Um, the, there are organizations, hundreds founded by major foundations, I should say funded by major foundations, which push this stuff. One group, one coalition I look at, which is um, uh, the future of learning, uh, is a 300-organization coalition, um, and it is funded by major, major foundations, name, household names, and um, they even have a messaging guide for these groups as to how to push back. And every single thing you hear them saying, oh, you don't want to teach history, et cetera, et cetera, it's all in the messaging guide. This is all very organized, very well-funded, and that's all the more reason why it's my belief that transparency is the single biggest thing. Because when parents find out what's actually happening in school, they are furious uh, because that's not what they bargained for. And I think that's but, but it's not working in the sense that there is still enormous societal power being driven to push this racialized curriculum throughout the country. William Jacobson, LegalInsurrection.com. I wanted you to get it all out right there. LegalInsurrection.com, Cornell Law Professor. I appreciate you taking the time. We've got more coming up. I'm Tony Katz.